about uh, 4.5%. Uh, things looking much better this morning in Australia as well. The market there up about 2.2%. The Cosby in South Korea also up over 2%. Looks like the Hang Seng is going to tack on about 2.5% at the open. Brent crude oil is rallying this morning. It's at uh, $29.31 a barrel. Gold is also uh, shooting up following its strong session in New York. It's at $1,565 an ounce. And the US dollar a bit weaker against the Japanese yen, trading at 110.8 this morning. Uh, and the British pound recovering a little bit from those lows it hit overnight. It's at $1.15.9 against the US dollar. That's it for me. Do please join me again tomorrow morning with uh, for more Money Talk at 8 o'clock. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy, misty at first. Sunny intervals during the day and a maximum temperature of about 25 degrees. few showers in the next couple of days and it's going to be rather warm on Friday. 21 degrees right now, 86% relative humidity. It's 8.31. Samantha Butler has the half-hour news for you. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has made a national address outlining new measures to suppress the coronavirus pandemic. He said the country would be on lockdown with immediate effect to avert what he called a moment of real danger. He said everyone in Britain would have to stay at home except for a few limited reasons. Shopping for basic necessities as infrequently as possible. One form of exercise a day, for example a run, walk or cycle alone or with members of your household, any medical need to provide care or to help a vulnerable person, and travelling to and from work, but only where this is absolutely necessary and cannot be done from home. President Trump says he's working with Republicans and Democrats in Washington to pass a new stimulus bill to fight the economic impact of the coronavirus. He was speaking at a White House briefing. Our country wasn't built to be shut down. This is not a country that was built for this. It was not built to be shut down. My administration continues to work with Democrats and Republicans to reach an agreement on an urgent relief bill for the millions of American workers and small businesses and large businesses that were badly affected by the medical difficulty that we've had. The president also announced the Federal Emergency Management Agency would distribute more than 8 million respirator masks and more than 13 million surgical masks. In South Africa, President Cyril Ramaphosa says a 21-day lockdown will be imposed from midnight on Thursday, as he put it, to save the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. In an address, he said the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases had jumped sixfold to more than 400 in just eight days. He said people in South Africa were particularly vulnerable. This is a decisive measure to save lives of South Africans from infection and save the lives of hundreds of thousands of our people. While this measure will have a considerable impact on people's livelihoods, on the life of our society and on our economy, the human cost of delaying this action would be far, far greater. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backtat. I'm Hugh Jewett and your co-host today is Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. 
We're focusing today on the new virus control measures announced by Carrie Lam yesterday. That includes shutting the border to non-Hong Kong residents, except those from the mainland, Macau and Taiwan. And the government is considering also a temporary ban on alcohol sales in restaurants and bars after a series of confirmed cases involve people who have been to entertainment areas such as Lang Kwai Farm. What do you make of the measures? What more or less do you think we could be doing? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bank Chat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk, or you can give us a call, and our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. After 9 o'clock, we're going to be talking to um, a couple of restaurant uh, and bar owners, uh, getting their, their take on what's happening with the uh, that uh, alcohol uh, ban. Uh, and we've got a number of emails and comments uh, related to that, which maybe we'll, we'll, sh- we'll share those. As I say, after nine o'clock, in the first part of the programme this morning, we're going to be talking about uh, public health measures and, and also the effect on uh, private business. We have with us now Dr. Arasina Ma, President of the Public Doctors Association, and Dr. Ahmed Fahmi, who's uh, Regional Medical Director of International SOS North Asia Medical and Travel Security Services firm. Uh, we'll talk to them in, in just a moment. A couple of emails um, relating to um, those measures. First of all, this is from Peter who says, uh, as Europe, the US and other countries are now the new epicenters for spreading a second wave of infections worldwide, it's essential that Hong Kong closes either its borders to all overseas arrivals or enforces strict 100% testing and mandatory quarantine for all arrivals without exception. We are all entering a very critical period, mainly because of those COVIDiots. Selfish people breaking quarantine walls don't wear face masks and choose to mingle and party in the city and their homes. They're putting all our lives, and especially the lives of our healthcare workers at risk. Their behaviour will result in more infections and cause more deaths. As the virus can spread rapidly within the community, time is of the essence. Even one to two days delay in containment efforts can make a big difference and decide if local clusters turn into larger community outbreaks, which will then entail far more drastic containment measures. As the COVIDiots simply don't get this into their heads, besides stringent border controls, the Hong Kong government should seriously consider similar measures as in the UK. Close all bars, restaurants and entertainment venues for a period of time and enforce the wearing of surgical face masks in public spaces and in offices. It might be a temporary hit to those businesses. However, these drastic measures might also just save them. That's an edited version of uh, Peter's comments. John says, um, the usual government bashers will no doubt criticise Carrie Lam's latest policy moves to tackle the virus with their too little, too late slogan. Sure, government could have acted sooner, it could have done more, but it's utter nonsense to say that the government's actions are too little, too late. Every single policy change which reduces the risk of the virus spreading will save lives and is therefore a move in the right direction. It's never too late. So well done, Carrie Lam, for listening to politicians and the public by banning non-residents from entering Hong Kong. That said, there's still more that the government can do to fight COVID-19. Specifically, it should extend the 14-day home quarantine to everyone residing in the same home as the returnees. And Mr Pink, um, finally in this section, says, Good morning, Bank Chat. In the wake of the spike in local cases, particularly imported cases, there's understandably been a growing divide between those residents who have remained in Hong Kong during the past few months and recent returnees. I attach a Bloomberg article published this morning which focuses on the theme. The piece, which is entitled Hong Kong expats point fingers over who's spreading coronavirus, gives several examples of the hostility between remainers and returnees. 
The Facebook posting by Hemingway's restaurant in Discovery Bay concisely captures this mood. It reads, warning to anyone returning from Europe, DB is a small community, everyone knows you, so if you are meant to be in isolation, don't come into Hemingway's. If we see you, we will send out CCTV footage to the authorities. You have been warned. Bravo, Hemingway's. More restaurants, private clubs and individuals should follow Hemingway's example and call out individuals who breach their quarantine and thereby put the public at risk. At the same time, let's hope Carrie Lam follows up on her promise yesterday to show no leniency to quarantine bakers. Thank you very much indeed for that. If you want to uh, get in touch with us, you can email bankchat at rthk.hk or, or best yet, you can give us a call. 233 uh, is the number. Uh, Dr Ma, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us today. Uh, what do you make of those uh, measures that were announced yesterday? Um, I think the, the measures do come a bit too late, but it uh, seems to be in a good mood uh, because we need to stop some flights, especially the transit flights, because uh, we do admit to the flow of um, um, uh, visitors from other foreign countries. They just got, uh, catch, uh, they got flat, uh, uh, fever or get sick during they get transit um, uh, in Hong Kong and they sent to that hospital. And also, I think um, we do need to um, uh, take measures to try to control those uh, gathering activities in Hong Kong, especially for those returnees from the Western countries. Um, Dr. Ma, uh, uh, there, there are now uh, you know, testing centers right at the airport at the Asia World Expo. How is that operating, do you know? Um, actually, um, the, um, uh, the, uh, when you arrive Hong Kong and when you inform the, um, the official that uh, you have uh, certain uh, uh, symptoms of the respiratory tract infection, uh, you will be advised to either you will be either sent to the expo or to the, sent to the North um, uh, the North Natal Island uh, Hospital. So um, you will be tested there and stay there till the result come back. If you are negative, you can send, you are, you are able to go home. But if you are positive, you need to um, send to the hospital directly. So, so it is, um, um, you know, the, the, the tourist or the person would have to volunteer the information um, himself yes. or herself. It, yes, it, but... Um, yeah. Please? Um, but, um, uh, actually, yesterday, uh, the, uh, the, office, uh, the government has uh, sent out a new message. Uh, they are considering testing all passengers coming back from the uh, European countries. So um, it may not uh, depend on the volunteer uh, information from the passengers. Yeah, we, we are very sad to, to learn that a doctor um, who has been screening the travelers at the Hong Kong International Airport was among the 39 people confirmed yesterday. How, how could we um, uh, make um, the environment safer for our healthcare uh, workers, for our doctors and nurses? Um, actually, um, we are, uh, we, we, um, our, our union will discuss with the uh, authority later uh, to see whether uh, we, can, we can have few measures that, that make our staff work that they're uh, in a better condition. For example, shall we set up a, a, a more formal counter with all those physical barriers, windshield and so on, 
Also, we are going to discuss um, uh, the environment in the airport, whether our uh, colleagues have a special de uh, dedicated area for uh, undone the, the, the protective garment and so on. And also, we are, will also discuss whether uh, our uh, colleagues should be uh, equipped with some uh, more high-level protective uh, garments like the PPE uh, or uh, 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 even a better surgical mask rather than just what she has right now. Yeah, I mean, how are we how are we doing for the PPE for the protective equipment in 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 hospitals in general, public hospitals? Um, actually, the condition uh, has uh, uh, um, the condition is really critical right now. Um, according to the latest uh, figures uh, released by the hospital authority, um, the uh, the stock of, of surgical masks, uh, respirator masks, as well as the PPE. Uh, is decreasing um, in the, uh, the, uh, the 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 in the last recent week. I expect that if this trend will continue as we got more numbers of confirmed cases and we have more occupants of our isolation ward and the usage of all kinds of uh, protective equipment will go really quickly. But uh, on the other hand, because of the global uh, demand and also the shortage of supply. It's really difficult for uh, our authority to uh, uh, source out more uh, protective equipment from other countries. But uh, as far as I know, they, uh, tried their, they have tried their best to source out different kinds of um, respirator masks. Uh, we are asked to pick uh, some new model of masks from local manufacturers. So let's hope that those masks are, are, are efficient, are, are well fit uh, with our colleagues, so we can um, source out this new model of respirator masks. Uh, and uh, what about the, um, the the general attitude, the sort of morale among public doctors? Is is that holding up? Um, actually, um, the, this, uh, this is a quite complicated situation. Of course, uh, uh, with the uh, new, uh, uh, the first healthcare workers who are diagnosed to have the infection yesterday, uh, it did um, create a certain kind of panic and worry among the uh, healthcare workers, especially the um, police in the Department of Health. Uh, although they are not uh, 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 they are not frontline workers working in the clinical uh, in the ward or in the clinical environment, however, uh, the workload of our colleagues in the Department of Health, especially those are working for the quarantine um, quarantine uh, uh, procedures and also those working in the uh, for the pot health, they have been uh, they are very busy and their workload is uh, really heavy and, and during this couple of months. So um, and so they 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 are well a bit load over that side. But for the other healthcare workers inside the hospital, uh, we are getting more and more busy and frustrated. But uh, we still able to keep them well and hope um, keeping the course the condition uh, won't go uh, worse. Okay. So at, at the moment, um, you know, the you you have special rooms uh, for the COVID nineteen um, patients. Uh, are they pretty much full? Or, you know, with there still be bed space available? Um, actually, uh, under the current guidelines, all ankle uh, 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 patients, they are uh, when they when they are confirmed, they are, they need to be um, keep in the isolation ward with special uh, uh, ventilation requirements. So most of the room actually are quite full, but um, 
some of the rooms are able to uh, keep two patients in the same room uh, with uh, adequate space between that inside that room. So we start to keep two confirmed cases in the same isolation room right now. It, it, this condition um, uh, actually is quite common in different hospitals. And there are ser- uh, several hospitals are trying to uh, open more ventilate, uh, more isolation rooms in, uh, uh, in order to keep more confirmed cases. And that means we, we are also cutting more and more normal medical surface. And also we start to ask um, uh, 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 colleagues who are not um, working in the medical team, uh, for example, the surgeon or the psychiatrist or the family physician, um, they move, uh, they try to help uh, the medical team to handle, uh, like, let's say, the normal regular surface and let the, um, the, the colleagues in the medical team to work for the uh, anchovy patient. Okay. Uh, speaking of specialists, we've had we've had a, a, an email uh, inquiry about about a public health measure, which Dr. Ma, maybe you can, maybe it's not your speciality, I know, but um, the the question is, maybe you can address it, maybe not. Uh, the question is um, from Mo, who says, "How do I wash my fruit and salad and raw food? If I just wash it with water, will the virus go away? I can't use soap water for washing and eating salad or fruits." That comes from Mo. Any any advice, Dr. Ma? Uh, actually, first of all, um, how to clean up the virus and so on. Uh, yes, as and most of us know that the virus can keep in the environment for quite a long time. You can either wash it with, uh, for example, like 60 or 70 degrees uh, Celsius hot water. It's one of the way try to wash off the virus. Uh, of course, you cannot wash your fluids with those, all those tiny detergent and so on. Um, if you are... Um, Though um, the evidence for uh, getting infected uh, with for the, uh, from, uh, the infected by the virus through the uh, oral intake, um, although we don't have very strong evidence at this moment, but it seems to be reasonable to think that you may also get uh, infected after you uh, swallow up a large amount of virus. So if you uh, have uh, quite a weak immune system, for example, you have some certain kind of chronic illness or you are taking certain medications that weaken your immune system, you may consider to um, take those fruits that you can peel off, for example, like oranges and bananas. So try uh, uh, to cut down the risk of um, getting um, uh, uh, infected after swallowing a large amount of virus which coated on the top of the, uh, the skin of the fruit. Okay, and for other food, if you uh, cooking would would kill the virus. Yes, uh, cook it the food properly, clean the food properly before you cook it. I cook it thoroughly. Uh, it, it should able to help to clean the virus. Okay, or, or or peel the fruit. Yeah. Okay. Well, also with us, as, as I mentioned, is Dr. Ahmed Fami, regional medical director of International SOS uh, North Asia. Dr. Fami, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Just, to, just tell us what International SOS is. What, what, what do you do and what, what are you doing at the moment? Well, uh, International SOS is a, uh, an assistance company that is uh, in the business of uh, uh, helping companies and travellers to mitigate the risk from a medical point of view as well as uh, uh, from a security point of view. So we're basically advising and helping people to, to mitigate risk. At the same time, we're also helping them when, when they're traveling or when they're overseas um, to, um, uh, we're assisting them to eventually go to uh, better health care or 
uh, we are helping them to make the right decisions when people, travellers and expatriates are in difficult health situations. Okay. Is the advice at the moment to just stay where you are in general? Well, in general, the, the advice, when you look at the world, is definitely to limit movements and travel because when, when we're looking at the pandemic, we know that it's literally a no country is spared. Um, so for sure, it's not, it, it, it would be to probably look at <clears throat> whether your travel is essential and defer non-essential travel if possible. Mm. So, so you will advise um, or you know support the um, medical needs uh, of your clients. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, so what have you been doing um, during this pandemic? Well, so far, uh, one of our main activity during the pandemic um, is is to advise organisations on how they can actually um, what they can actually do to continue their business and to protect their people in you know, and broad spectrum. But equally also advising people who are traveling, um, whether it's to affected areas or non-affected areas, to be able to access care and to make the right decisions when they have a, a, a medical condition. What can organizations do to uh, protect uh, employees uh, working in Hong Kong, do you think? Well, w working in Hong Kong or working anywhere, I think, first, first of all, one of the key um, messages that I would like to pass is that uh, employees, people spend a significant amount of time at work, to state the obvious. And I think the workplace, and therefore the employer, has a significant role here to play in the society to um, basically address the issue and, uh, and protect the employees, of course, um, and to step up maybe their corporate social responsibility. And some of the, uh, the some of the measures that I think they, they can be done is, and that's within you know the aspect of duty of care because we know that there is a risk and therefore there is a degree of foreseeability uh, with regards to exposure to employees. Um, is is to review their business continuity plans to see if they have something in place to protect employees, ensuring their health, including by the way their mental health. <laughs> Um, at the same time, and that's an aspect I'm very, 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 very much supportive of, is um, as there is a perfect platform here at work to educate people, uh, and education meaning um, educating employees on the virus, uh, the way the virus behaves, the risk um, that is uh, related to that, how to protect oneself, but also in terms of education, uh, the information that needs to be passed on to the employee, specifically um, also um, uh, um, addressing misinformation and rumors, because mm -hmm. I think that in these days uh, there's a lot of mis misinformation and rumors. So um, a, a key health promotion uh, function there, I think, within the, 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 um, within a company or within a, an organization, if it's well structured, and that should be part of a business continuity plan, um, which addresses, of course, other other issues as well. But I think this is key, and maintaining this communication and this education as the situation involves. So that's it's not a one-off. It's something that needs to be done on a very regular basis because, as you see, we have a very fluid situation with. Uh, regularly 
new information that is coming in and uh, employees are the, the population needs to understand right. what it is about yeah. and there's often this gap of understanding so i think they, they are definitely at at the company or at an organizational level a a, a key role to play Right. Um, Hong Kong will close its borders tonight, actually, on all foreign tourists and transit arrivals. Um, do you agree with that? Well, I think it's probably a better question to Dr. Ma than to myself. Uh, I, I, personally, what I wanted to say in that, I think it's probably the time to uh, have com- community cohesion to work together to address the problem and probably less uh, time for polemic. Uh, we've seen these type of measures in other countries, by the way, and uh, of course uh, the possibility to, indim- to decrease the risk of people either being infected or incubating coming into, into the country or into the territory is definitely something that uh, is, is addressing the problem as one of the measures. It, I don't think that's uh, the measure that, that responds to all the issues. Okay, this is a, an email from uh, Morag who says, why is the government not following China's example of using designated hotels for returnees to quarantine on landing? Many returnees in Hong Kong families using hotels to quarantine their family members instead of them doing this at home. When cases are suspected and confirmed, for example, at one hotel over the weekend, this is putting staff and other users and occupants, non-returnees, at risk. Controls are just not adequate. Frontline at these hotels are highly uh, exposed. Dr. Moore, what, what, what about the quarantines? There's a lot of people, as you know, tens of thousands of people now in doing undergoing a home quarantine. Uh, um, is that adequate? What about family members who are sharing the space? What about going to hotels? What about the problems of moving to hotels that, that Morag was, was highlighting? There. I think uh, doing quarantine in uh, places like Hong Kong, which is highly uh, uh, densely populated, and also uh, most of us are living in the uh, high-rise uh, com- apartment, is a really difficult situation. Of course, the best quarantine measures is a, a dedicated quarantine uh, facility, like the a special building for quarantine. Whether um, quarantine uh, in the hotel is a good measure, is controversial. Uh, whether the hotel is uh, with uh, all the design, all the uh, ventilation system that uh, uh, the, uh, uh, suitable for when, uh, quarantine is uh, one of the questions. And also whether the, uh, the, 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 the colleagues and the staff in the hotel are willing to take the risk uh, to uh, serve those um, uh, uh, people uh, under quarantine is another issue. A home quarantine actually um, is visible. Uh, um, uh, experience uh, show us that in some foreign countries, quarantine, a uh, home quarantine, especially uh, with um, uh, a citizen that uh, could combine uh, the, 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 the the quarantine order uh, well, actually is uh, workable. However, in Hong Kong, our um, housing environment is really small. So that makes uh, home quarantine may uh, also put your family members in higher risk of infection. So if you're asked to do your home quarantine, I would like to advise you to uh, put on your mask most of the time. Don't eat with your family members. Avoid very close contact with them. Wash your hands all the time. And also try your best to keep one meter apart from your family members, especially when you're talking and eating. Okay, so eat, eat separately. So maybe you try yes. and stay in one room as much as far as possible, for example. Yes, this is 
is a this is one of the good suggestions. Okay, and what about, what about that that alcohol ban, that proposed alcohol? Sorry, I mean, set on the sale of alcohol in in restaurants and 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 bars. Um, what what do you make of that, Doctor Ma? Um, I think whether just banning the alcohol or uh, put it in a better way, uh, try to advise or even ban people to uh, dining out or gathering, uh, or have a big gathering. Um, I think avoiding people dining out and have a gathering is the uh, main aim of the measure. But whether um, uh, pubbing or um, uh, 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 alcohol is the uh, uh, is the is this our usual practice for dining out, or is it the reason for gathering? I'm not sure whether this uh, is this, uh, this is applied. Uh, this is applied to Hong Kong. We know that in England or you in some Western countries, pubbing uh, is one of the uh, main reason why people gather together, but this may not the reason in Hong Kong. I think the government should try to discuss with the commercial sector. Ask the commercial sector, ask the big uh, company employer, um, let the employees stay home and uh, take the home office. I think one of the major reasons why people, uh, why Hong Kong people still going out is because they need to go to work. Right. Um, Dr. Ma, what about your colleagues, uh, the so-called dirty team, the doctors and nurses um, in the isolation wards? How, where, where do they stay these days? And um, okay. do they have to, uh, you know, self-quarantine? Uh, actually, it depends on your family situation and also depends on your uh, role in the current uh, dirty team. For example, like a person like myself, I have a family with a children and so on. Um, I have um, I have um, a rent and other service apartment. I'm now living apart from my family, and though I may occasionally return home, I try to avoid uh, have very close contact with my children and also uh, avoid uh, meeting with them to get at, together. So um, some of my colleagues stay in the service apartment, stay in the hotel. Or uh, some of them, they prefer to stay in the uh, hostel, inside the hospital. But uh, most of our colleagues who work in the front line, doing the clinical work in the dirty team, we uh, prefer to stay apart from our family, just uh, to avoid uh, uh, get our family members infected, especially if you've got the elderly or children in your family. Okay. Well, Dr. Ma, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Darasina Ma, the President of the Public Doctors Association. And many thanks to Dr. Ahmed Fahmy, Regional Medical Director of International S. SOS, uh, North Asia Medical and Travel Security Services firm. There'll be two bar owners joining us, as I mentioned, uh, restaurant owners after the news uh, at nine. Uh, if you want to comment on anything, uh, give us a call, 233-88266. Go to our Facebook page, as a few have done, or uh, send us an email, backchatter.hk.hk. We'll do our best to read it out. The weather, mainly cloudy, misty at first. 21 degrees now, humidities at 86%. Historic steps to buy up corporate debt and underpin the flow of credit to households. And the World Bank promised to spend $150 billion to help developing countries weather the contagion. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back to this bank chat on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're continuing to talk about uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, and uh, in particular those measures, those new control measures announced by Chief Executive Carrie Lam um, yesterday. Uh, we're focusing in the second part of the programme between now and 9.30 on uh, the government uh, considering a temporary ban on alcohol sales in restaurants and bars. Uh, we have with us now uh, James Robertson, owner of the restaurant chain Grapp. 
Trappers and Cadillac, and Larry Cowell, an F&B consultant with more than 25 years uh, in the industry. He's been working in Hong Kong for, for 10 years. Uh, if you want to comment, if you've got any observations, questions, thoughts, uh, share them by calling us on 233-88266, or you can email back, chat at rthk.hk, and we'll do our best to read out your questions or comments, um, or you can comment on our Facebook page as well and share your thoughts there. Here's an email actually from uh, yesterday from PC who says, I would like to have brunch in a nice restaurant last weekend, but saw the restaurant front desk staff is chatting and smoking with his neighbour, of course not wearing the mask while smoking. And later in the afternoon, I'd like to have a coffee in a small cafe, but again I saw the barista is chatting and smoking with his friend outside the cafe. I think I'd better have a coffee at home. While COVID-19, if the restaurant industry staff be more self-restrained, at least not smoke together with people, or please no smoking on the streets, I will keep having meal outside. That's uh, from PC. Mr Tang in an email says... Uh, the government's decision to ban the entry of overseas tourists and alcohol sales at bars and restaurants is an essential move to contain the spread of the coronavirus. While people have been advised to stop non-essential outings, practice social distancing and avoid gatherings, quite a few citizens are not heeding their calls. In pubs and restaurants where alcoholic beverages are downed and loud music played, customers are leaning towards each other while conversing in a confined space, and this means droplets can be spread easily. To combat the health, current health crisis, sobriety and awareness, on the part of citizens are essential and the last thing we need is reckless action caused by clouded judgment arising from alcohol intoxication as for the ban on overseas tourists it's necessary to stem the influx of potential imported cases at border control points given that COVID-19 cases are reported almost all over the globe halting the entry of foreign tourists is an effective way to prevent infections the robust Hong Kong healthcare system is the envy of many countries so the possibility of foreigners coming over here to seek medical treatment can't be ruled out if that scenario does materialise, it will potentially overwhelm the system. The collective month-long efforts by the government and society to combat the virus will go down the drain if there exist public health loopholes. That's uh, from Mr Tang. And Derek says, uh, was Carrie Lam talking about the difficulties of social distancing or that alcohol leads people to sin? I agree with the former, but don't have a problem with the latter. That comes uh, from uh, Derek. And uh, Howard on Facebook says, has our CE never heard of Club 7-Eleven? If she shuts the bars down, the drinkers will just hang out there. And Tom replies, well, the Lankwai Fong Lotharios will not be as successful out in front of Club 7-Eleven. That's uh, from uh, Tom. Thanks very much indeed for that. Uh, uh, Mr. Robertson, JR, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Um, do you understand this this uh, need for banning um, alcohol sales in, in bars and restaurants? What's your reaction as a as a restaurant and bar owner? <laughs> Quite negative, to be honest. But yeah. uh, I, I haven't seen the precise rules or dates or implementation process or what's happening. So it's a little bit difficult to make a comment. But the chief executive says that she's uh, uh, emotional and wants Hong Kong to, to have a chance to win. But... Uh, she can't make up her mind about mass, no mass, border open, border closed. Now the border's closed. She's about, this is about the last place, uh, I know where uh, SAR is about the last place to uh, close the borders. But in terms of uh, uh, actually taking the license and, and stopping the sale of alcohol, it, it would be disastrous. I know that we uh, have a bar in Happy Valley that uh, several years ago we had to close the, the liquor license because for some reason we lost it uh, in a complaint. And uh, in three months we lost $583,000. We had to pay a lot of money to a barrister and 
fight and appeal, and we finally got our license back. So, I mean, there's no way that people are going to survive if you allow them to come in and dine. And, of course, they, you can't prevent them from going to the 7-Eleven Club, buying a bottle of wine, buying some beer, coming in and sitting down. And and, and so they're still going to be drinking. I mean, that's not going to be either, either you close the whole industry or you don't just go these halfway steps. If you close the whole industry, there are some insurance policies and things that we could actually uh, draw upon for the loss of business. But, but just stopping the alcohol, it just kills the little operator. We have no chance to survive. Now, there's some talk about also uh, giving some kind of subsidy or help, but they have given some, and that's been very appreciated uh, a few weeks ago. But uh, if they're going to do this, then they, they got to help us. And the other thing is it's going to drive all the business up to these upstairs bars. I mean, we have official upstairs bars with a liquor license, and they serve alcohol. And they, the smoking ban came in in 2007. Those bars are still smoking every day, every night. Nobody nobody follows up. They'll be up there serving alcohol. And we guys on the ground floor paying the high rents, and we're going to be dying. I mean, there's no fair implementation by the enforcement by the government or by the police. And I am quite quite confident that will happen. I've always been amazed that the big uh, landlords don't complain that uh, to enforce this, uh, stop these guys going into upstairs bars because it just detracts from their rent uh, rentability of their their premises. And um, getting uh, getting drunk leads to intimacy. Hmm. I got a Scottish buddy named Jimmy. He and I get drunk together quite frequently, and we've never been intimate. I don't think you can actually say that that leads to intimacy. These are not just uh, restaurants and bars that are all pickup clubs. I mean, this is an industry, and we don't operate that way. And we're serving quality beer, wine, mixed drinks, uh, and not with the, in the intent to get people drunk. It's part of the uh, it's part of enjoying a good meal and a night out. Right. Um as of yesterday evening, um, James, uh, 11 confirmed um, coronavirus patients uh, were known to have visited bars and restaurants um, in the Lan Kwai Fong district, according to our Centre for Health Protection. What, what do you make of that? And, you know, as, um, uh, as uh, a restaurant owner, what, what sort of measures would you, would you take? As I say, if you want to shut the whole industry down, then shut it down. And if that's what you think is, is the best way forward, uh, that's what they've done in the UK or in London anyway. And, uh, but I know the operators there are very desperate, although the government is going to pay 80% of the wages to the people. There's, there's a few rogues. You're not going to stop people, as, as one of those uh, emails uh, suggested, you're not going to stop people from going to Club 7-Eleven, buying a bunch of beer and standing outside on the, on the pavement and drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. You, you can't stop that. Uh, we're pleading with everybody to, to keep distance and, and, and from each other and, and whatever, but there's always going to be a few rogues. You're not going to, you're not going to stop it. I'm, Sorry to hear or to learn that, that people have been doing that and running around and visiting uh, pub after pub after pub and, and passing the germs, I suppose. But uh, penalizing uh, the industry is just going to put people out of jobs and put us out of business. Okay, a comment from uh, John in Saikung who says uh, he has a link to an RTHK report. 
which quotes the president of the Federation of Restaurants uh, swatting aside calls for restaurants and pubs to shut down, saying there's no need as the rising number of cases has not led to a pandemic situation in Hong Kong yet. Uh, Simon Wong also said that very few customers are going out now. There is no real need to close restaurants or bars at the moment. Jordan Tsai Kung says nobody thought to remind him and Alan Zeman that the pandemic was sparked at a hot pot restaurant. Uh, three exclamation marks there from, from John and Sai Kung. Isn't, isn't the point, Mr Robertson, you know, that uh, when people are gathered round, like in a hot pot, uh, when they're gathered round together, they've got their masks off, um, that's a very vulnerable situation. That's exactly what we're trying to avoid, and that's what people do in bars, even if they don't get drunk. <laughs> well... Uh, yeah, I suppose you have to take the mask off. I suppose if you go to McDonald's and you buy a Big Mac, you have to take your mask off. Let's ban people from going to McDonald's. Let's not let them take their mask off. Yeah, the difference being that you would stay in a bar for one and a half to two hours. You you have good conversations uh, with your friends, but um, it'll take you 15 minutes to eat the Big Mac if you're slow, right? Yeah, but the, the Big Mac uh, restaurant is far more crowded than my restaurants, I can tell you. So there's lots of people in there. Uh, I mean, shut down the whole industry, if that's the answer. Because, again, as, as somebody that Simon's, whatever said, 11 cases, I mean, okay, I feel bad about the 11 cases, and if they've pass those germs to more people, I feel bad about that as well. But you just, unless you're going to put a gun to somebody's head, how are you going to stop them from going out, standing in front of 7-Eleven, going to McDonald's, taking their mask off? That's recommended for everybody, but you're only enforcing it with the restaurants that serve wine and beer? Okay. John Sai Kung also says on a different topic, there are videos and photos of people that should be in quarantine running in public without a mask. There are police reports of others that escaped from quarantine. It's a joke. That's from John Sai Kung. Uh, and uh, Anorak, Anorak uh, quotes a song by Slim Dusky. It's lonesome away from your kindred and all by the campfire at night where the wild dingoes call. But there's nothing so lonesome, so morbid or drear than to stand in a bar of a pub with no beer. And there's a link to the story there, th to the uh, song there. Thanks for, the, for that. Um, uh, and uh, W uh, in an email, we had an email earlier from Mo asking about washing fruit and vegetables, says... Uh, w says try veggie wash. Most supermarkets stock it, um, though I don't know if that what effect that would have on the on the virus. Um, okay, uh, James says a question about Hong Kong residents returning from Macau to tai and Taiwan. The recent notification focuses on non-residents arriving in Hong Kong. With regard to Hong Kong residents, is it correct that from Wednesday all Hong Kong residents returning from anywhere, i.e., including Macau and Taiwan, will be subject to 14 days quarantine? That comes from. James, my understanding is yes. The, the, I think they are already, actually. Uh, or anyone arriving is... I, I, I believe anyone arriving uh, needs to be quarantined. Yeah. Um, but they're doing home quarantine. There's yeah. a lot of empty hotel rooms. Yeah. Why is it we don't... And there's hotels volunteering to accept these kind of people and do the quarantine period. They should be isolated away from the family, away from the friends, away from everybody. I mean... What's to stop them to be totally alone or they're with the mother, the father, the brother, the sister, the auntie, grandma? They, they can all be there and exposed. Mm. Let's, if you're really serious about this thing, put them in isolated rooms. Okay, uh, S in an email says, while most retail businesses are suffering, the supermarkets are really thriving, and at the same time, supermarkets have raised prices of uh, all their items. And Bowen says, uh, 
there is no significant problem with the barring of entry of non-residents at the airport itself, but Carrie Lam's claim that politics isn't part of the formula in her decision-making is both unnecessary and misleading. To give an example, if conditions in the country of origin determine whether people arriving from a country are allowed entry, why were non-residents from the mainland not barred entry, but just required to be quarantined, when the number of coronavirus cases in the mainland was still much in excess of those outside? The argument that the vast majority of arrivals from the mainland before the tide turned were Hong Kong residents can be expected to be raised without it ever being clear what the logic of that is. But so are the majority of people arriving at the airport in the last five days. That observation from Bowen. Uh, Larry Cowell, good morning to you. Uh, good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Um, yeah, what do you think of this, this proposal? Do, do you agree with uh, JR that it would actually be better to, to, in a sense, to close all the restaurants and, and bars than to um, ban people from uh, you know, selling alcohol in them? I think that uh, it, it, the, the industry, F&B industry, has been decimated over the last year in Hong Kong. And, uh, I think this is just going to be a, a coffin in the nail, uh, a nail in the coffin for the business. It's a lot of businesses are, are teetering right now on the brink, and they're they're having difficulties making payroll, rent, and and uh, keeping up with suppliers. And to close them down, shut them down, even if you subsidize them, it's not going to keep them in business. Many of them will not rebound. Many of them will not return and we will adversely be affected here in Hong Kong. The, 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 the number of cases in Hong Kong is relatively low, considering the, the worldwide uh, uh, numbers, and I think that, um, you know, I mean, there's nobody that's, nobody really knows what is happening or how this happened or, or how, it seems like nobody has a firm grasp on it. I think if we went into testing and we started testing more people, we'd see the number would go way up. Uh, but as a result, the survival rate would go way up as well, and then mortality rate would go way down, and and then it becomes more like the flu every year. This is we we, we deal with the flu, we deal with common cold every year, and there's no cure for that. We we've lived through that for the last you know hundred years. Um, so I, I disagree with uh, uh, closing bars, restaurants, and stopping sale of alcohol. I think that that's a, a, almost a draconian measure to to. To implement against the industry, and I think it's just going to—it's going to really kill it. And I don't—I don't think it's going to stop anybody. People still go out. You don't—you can't stop people from walking out of their apartments. And the the the, the lax approach to quarantine here has been uh, well well publicized. I mean, people that are in quarantine that are out—they're—they're uh, they're, people that are in quarantine are quarantined with their families when they're the ones that travel, but the rest of their families quarantine with them, so then they get to go out. But. Uh, once the exposure is made, it's made. So you, we're not really stopping it with the, the lax measures in quarantine. And it just doesn't. It, it seems nonsensical to to take such drastic measures against the industry. Um, what if the alcohol ban comes with um, uh, pay subsidies or uh, whatever subsidies that that would be rolled out by the government to the FNB industry? Would that help? Well, certainly it helps, and it's appreciated, of course, but. It, it, in some instances, some of these businesses are going to take a good look and say, "Listen, it's not, you know, it's 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 been tough the last year. I'm just, I don't have, the, I don't have the willpower to go back into this. Right now, they're in there, staying, staying alive, keeping people's uh, on the payroll, you know, uh, paying their landlords, keeping up with everything as best they can. But you know, if you close them down and give them a chance to reflect and look at it, you know, um, I, I know several of them that I've spoken to in the industry have said we would, we won't reopen. We're, that'll be it. That's we're done. Uh, won't new ones come in? 
I'm sorry? I mean, I mean, when it's all over, won't new businesses step up? I mean, yeah, some will, existing businesses uh, will close, but then there will be new ones. And so is that fair to the ones who had to close? No, it's and, not fair at all. But it's, speaking of 11, 11 people in Lankwai Fung, or wherever it was, uh, how many we have now? 330 or 340 cases, and 11 came from bars and restaurants? It's a small percentage. Mm-hmm. But how, how do you how do you make sure that people are more self-restrained? You certainly cannot because you're open for business and people can drink and they can talk loudly and they can order a few more drinks. Um, and that certainly increases the risk of um, uh, spreading the virus. Well, that's not nice. I mean, everybody has their own, 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 every, it's your option. Do you want to go out to a bar? Do you want to be exposed or not? Uh, some people feel it's, it's, it's not that crucial of an instance. And in some instances it might not be, but, you know, you can't, the government isn't going to be able to stop this. The government isn't going to be able to step up to the and say, "Okay, nobody can go out." What are you going to put, uh, uh, you know, police on every corner and, and anybody that's on the streets has to have a pass and that kind of stuff? I just, I just don't see that happening. Well, of course, that's what they've done in many countries. I mean, they're just relying on goodwill and good behaviour from Hong Kong people. But in many countries, that's exactly what's happening. Um, it, there are police on the streets, and you will be fined and even sent to prison if you if you go out without good reason. Do do, do you know what are Mm. happenings to the restaurants and pubs in in the UK and Europe, for example? Look, the ones in in London are closed. And uh, with subsidies? Yes, Uh, they're paying uh, 80% of the uh, wages to the staff the government is paying. Yeah. Okay, Jay says, who will bell the cat? The restaurants are suffering. Their two most important costs are rent and staff wages. How about the government asking all landlords to waive rents for a 30-day period? For example, Zeman at Lang Kwai Fung and other big names in town. Perhaps this is a hot potato, but surely everyone must share the pain. That comes uh, from Jay. Any luck with your um, landlords, gentlemen? Uh, we've had some luck. Some of the bigger ones, like Swire and High Stand, have been uh, somewhat reasonable. Uh, there's some others that have been totally unreasonable, including uh, one large China company. But uh, anyway, that can go. Uh, it, it just depends on the landlord. There's no consistent uh, policy or, or whatever. The government should just say, "Hey, everybody has to give 50% discount or, or some number." Okay. Uh, uh, Umesh in an email says, alcohol ban is so pathetic. Either you lock down like the rest of the world or you go like Singapore and take your chances with staying open. The alcohol ban not going to do anything. Pathetic excuse by this lame administration. That's uh, Umesh's uh, take. Um, but uh, John Inside Kong uh, is back. He says, the bar owner, uh, Mr. J, I think that's JR, said, oh, it's only 11 cases. That's not the point for an infectious disease. One person can infect three people after 10 cycles. That's 59,000 cases. Some people don't understand maths. That comes uh, from uh, John. 
And uh, on a slightly different uh, topic, uh, Peter T says, uh, on masks, since the government has mandated the wearing of masks in public and the practice is seen as crucial to the preserving of control of community health, it's surely incumbent on our administration to ensure they're free and ready supply to everyone in the community. I see no evidence that our health secretary appreciates her duty to ensure this and impress this on her boss. Since a boss can hardly make a move outside the bounds dictated by President Xi, surely it's time she called on the president to release the tiny proportion of the nation's huge mask output needed to ensure Hong Kong has what's needed. That comes uh, from Peter T. Uh, and uh, Tom on Facebook says, from the info on new cases, it looks like 99% of the infections are from people being close to together, talking or eating indoors. I see a lot of crowded restaurants at lunchtime with tables of four to six people very close together. Some rules on social distancing in restaurants will probably be very helpful. Along the lines of what the very reasonable Paul Zimmerman was saying yesterday, some simple, early, pragmatic measures would be a good idea and better for everyone than the all-or-nothing extremes we see in Western countries, such as from today, one day the party is on, to the next day people are banned from going to a walk in the park. That comes uh, from uh, Tom. Um, um, uh, Mr Robertson and, and uh, Mr Cowell, I mean, to understand, at least the government, uh, this is relatively easy to enforce because the government has these licences uh, and the government can, you know, uh, can switch on and off these licences, can't they? Because it knows who's got these licences and it can just say, you will not be serving any alcohol. Um, so um, it's, it's but, but we need subsidiary legislation. I was hearing James Toll uh, on RTHK one. He said, you know, that there needs to be an amendment um, to to that liquor license, and uh, that there should be negative vetting at the legislative council, which means that it will be tabled for twenty eight days, and if nobody uh, objects to it, then it gets passed. So, so I think this this might be just. Um, saying it, suggesting it, but it might not be easy to implement. Well, and as I also said, the upstairs bars have never stopped uh, indoor smoking, and the police and the cigarette police have never stopped them. What's going to stop them if they continue to serve uh, alcohol upstairs bars? Nobody's inspecting. Nobody enforces the rules. Okay. Well, I think uh, this ban must come with, uh, you know, more stringent uh, law enforcement. Well, they don't enforce the cigarette smoking, so why would they do the alcohol? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, 2338826 is our number. We've got a caller on the line now, Bob, I think. Bob, good morning. Hi, morning, Hugh. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. I, I, I run a number of restaurants in Hong Kong, and if the government really wants to, um, uh, you know, make a difference, uh, what they need to do is to actually call, call this what it is, which is a pandemic. And they need, they need to enforce to the landlords that they have to provide abatement um, to their tenants and they need to help the tenants. They also need to have the banks provide us with the, with the credit that we need to survive this. Everything that they've done to date has been piecemeal. It hasn't, be, it, it hasn't helped restaurateurs. It isn't helping the bars. Basically, what they're going to do is they're going to close us down en masse and there will be a huge amount of unemployment because of it. Uh, so you, I, I don't think that it's hard to instruct the banks to give you loans, isn't it? Um, what would you do? You just want cash from the government? Is that the answer, or, or what? No, cash. Ca the, the government's already given us cash. Um, you know, which was well received, of course. Which um, you know, we, we accept graciously. The thing is, is that. 
the landlords are not experiencing any pain. Um, okay, I, I concede that maybe one or two have stepped up and um, and helped out, but the vast majority have not and have no intention to. And the only way that the restaurants and the bars will survive this is if the government instructs them, right? If we all stop paying our rent and the government tells them, you know, they can't charge rent until, you know, this is actually being resolved or, or the situation improves. So this is more than restaurants and bars because there are many, many shops, the retail, the whole retail business, uh, they're not getting any customers that, that's true, Ada, but what you need to understand is that we're a cash business, right? And we deal, we deal with a product that has a finite life. So, you know, during the protests, we are, you know, preparing food, we're getting ready to open restaurants and bars, and then, you know, then, you know the, the, the landlord comes in and closes um, their facilities, um, or doesn't close their facilities, but we end up closing anyway, and we use, you know, we, we lose a huge amount of money. It's uh, it's very different to to retail, you know, where you've still got things stacked on the shelves. But still, you know, the rent is very high. So, so you are you are certainly opposing to the alcohol ban without, um, you know, complementary remedies. Absolutely, you know, and again, what what people need to understand is that um, we we make margins on on alcohol. We don't make so much on the food. And, um, and and every time you take something away from us, um, it's not we can't recover it. And if the landlords continue to have us pay the same rents, then how on earth are we going to survive this COVID nineteen event? Thanks, Bob, very much indeed for your call, Larry Cowell. Um, you know what? What do you do about the uh, the landlords if a lot of the money is your you know your your expenses is uh, primarily rent? Um, is there any leverage you can apply, anything you can do to change minds? Well, I think everybody, and I'm, I'm sure most operators have already done this, have, have had the conversation with the landlords and and, and some some type of discussion. Because this the, the business downturn didn't just happen in the last two months. It's been going on for the last eight, nine months. Um, as a result, I think a lot of landlords have to rethink if it's, you know, a, a fair market price or, or, you know, am I going to look for new tenants? Uh, as you said, there, there's always going to be a new tenant that's going to come knocking to take the place of uh, a good ground store location, ground floor location. But uh, at some point, it's you know, it's not financially viable to to operate with the you know the rent taking uh, you know one half of your monthly revenue to to pay the rent. It just doesn't work. The numbers finally don't work, and you have to the, the shop has to be re, reconfigured to some other business retail or. You know, something that's a little bit more profitable and, and uh, uh, drives a, high, uh, a lesser margin uh, 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 to the operators. But, but in the end, people will still want to eat out and they still will want to drink out, won't they? Well, they have to. I mean, you, how many houses mm. in Hong Kong actually use their kitchens? Mm. You know, there's not many people that actually cook at home. Mm. Uh, it's difficult. Okay. Well, Larry Calvin, many thanks for joining us, an F&B consultant with 25 years in the industry here. Many thanks to JR James Robertson, owner of the restaurant chain Grappers uh, and Cadillac. Thank you very much indeed. And thanks to our caller, Bob, as well, and to the uh, many emails which we received. Uh, Ada, many thanks to you. Thanks to uh, Angie Mann, our studio producer uh, for today. We'll be back at 